Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to this week's episode of Game Notes, your Utah Jazz podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Dave DeFore, joined as I am each and every week by my man, Tony Jones. What is going on, Tony? What up, what up, what up? You're in playoff mode. I already told you this. You came in hot into pre-show, so, you know, uh, I know you're ready. Joining us this week, we a rare guest, a little crossover between the 77 Minutes pod and Game Notes Mr. Tim Cato, who actually showed up late, so also in playoff mode, Tim. Wow, Tim, that's is that true? Yeah, we, I'm asking. Yeah. I is don't that know. playoff mode? I'm 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 assuming is because you were busy, like you were hustling, oh, working okay. on a scoop. Yeah, no. Maybe you want to like break okay. some news here. Like, is I there like a, any spin. injury update? I like that spin. No, no, not really any <laughs> updates. <laughs> yeah, he's got nothing. Um. So I guess Luca will be stage. healthy at uh, April 25th at uh, 3.27 p.m. All right. You he heard it here completely first. Completely healed on that moment. Not a second before. Uh, what time zone? Uh, that's still a mystery. Time. Yeah, you stay, yeah you stay I got some more reporting time. to do. That's Wait, right. I got some um, more reporting to do on that. Yeah. So, so let's, set the scene. <laughs> let's set the scene a little bit. Um, Utah was a top four team for most of the season. Dallas has been a different beast since Luca came back from his ankle injury. And then uh, post trade deadline trade for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. Luca gets hurt last game of the season and late in the third quarter in a game that Dallas kind of needed to win, but they also were going to have a week off. So I, I'm totally down with that. I mean, Tim, we've already talked about this on 77 minutes. We all agree. Hey, yeah, you play basketball for a living. So you got to be out there to play. The, the stage is set. We know that Utah has been struggling lately, Tony. Late game execution has been a big bugaboo for them. Um, clearly, that's the thing that they need to try to solve uh, right away in game one. They, they need to just come in, execute, do everything perfectly, and then down the stretch, take care of the basketball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's, you know, theoretically, that's... Um... Um, that's, that's the goal for the jazz. Um, you know, it's, but this is a tough series structurally for them. You know, they have really struggled, uh, against small ball lineups in, in Dallas. Not only do they go small, they go micro small and, you know, they have shooting from five, five different spots on the floor. Uh, they spread you out, they get into the lane. Uh, they suck you in and they kick to the corners and it's, it's structurally, it's, it's going to be a hard series uh, for, for the jazz to defend, um, you know, so with or without Luca, uh, you know, I really expect uh, game one to be a bear uh, for the jazz. And, you know, to be honest in game one, even without, you know, even if Luca doesn't play, um, I'm, 
I would slightly favor the Mavericks. Uh, you know, it, like if Luca doesn't, here's my take on this series for the Jazz. I think that they are fully capable of winning a series against the Mavericks where Luka Doncic plays every single game of the series at a high level. And I fully think they're capable of losing a series to the Mavericks where Luka Doncic misses the entire series because the Jazz are just that up and down. They can, their pendulum this year has swung uh, that wildly in terms of how well they've played uh, and how poorly they've played. Uh, at, at, in chunks of the season. So it's going to be really interesting to see uh, how they come, come out and play in this playoff. Tony, I think uh, you're right. I, I think you're right, and I think it's important to harp on the fact that Dallas can go small. They don't necessarily trend or gravitate towards that. Now, they're playing smaller since the trade because they played a lot of two big-man lineups early in the season, Kristaps and Powell. Pretty much, uh, almost exclusively, they were playing two big lineups whether it's Porzingis and Powell and Porzingis and Maxi Kleba, but they have trended almost always towards a traditional big man, or at least a Davis Bertans as the backup center throughout the course of, of the post all-star break, uh, you know, it, it, all their, all their games since then. And we've just seen occasional looks where it's Dorian Finney Smith as a super, super small center. Now I absolutely believe that's a card that Jason Kidd has, has in his back pocket, in fact, he probably has it in his front pocket. He probably has it in his suit pocket. Like, you know, you just reach right in and pull it out. That's something they're going to need, and that's important. But I think Dallas will try to play a traditional big man in this series with the smallest one being Davis Bertans, at, at least to start. That's how they're going to attempt to play. Dwight Powell had a couple good games against Utah. Even, even though drop coverage, you know, and the drop coverage that Utah likes to play – it typically does eliminate that role, man. But Luca has been so good, and the two games that Luca played against Utah were Dwight Powell's two best games. And, and and so you know, if Luca was healthy this whole series, I think that they'd really try to push Utah's drop coverage with Powell on the floor and mixing in some Maxi and some Bertans. I think Luca's unavailability, and quite frankly, I would be shocked if he plays the first two games. I think we might be looking at game three, game four, even game five before he's ready to return. That changes things a lot. And that's why I think small ball might be a quicker adjustment for Dallas just to try it because Dwight Powell is, is just less effective if he doesn't have Luca setting him up. He's really good at finding the spaces and drop, but he also needs Luca waiting and waiting and just having the patience and timing and vision to be able to set him up for, for those chances. So my guess is they they start pal, and I think they go to Maxi Kleba as the the maybe probably the first substitution of the game, um, and, and I think they give Maxi chances even if he's missing to prove that he can be on the court. But I, I do agree that small might be a ne- necessary lineup adjustment that they go to just because Luca's not on the floor. Now the flip side, Luca's the best defensive rebounder, and can they keep Rudy and the Jazz off the glass if they're small? That I mean, that's the question. Now, I want to talk about Maxi because I think he's going to be an important player in this series. His theoretical ability to stretch the floor puts him in an interesting position when you look at Utah, Tim. I mean, we know what happens to Utah when their defense gets extended, when teams can go five out. Uh, if Maxi makes shots, I mean, what sort of adjustment 
would you expect from Utah? Or is this just uh, going to look like the Clipper series if he's out there canning threes? Well, Utah used to put Rudy Gobert on Dorian Finney-Smith. Finney-Smith is too good of a shooter for that to happen. He's a 45% shooter in the corners. That's that's not that's not an option. I, I just I don't think there's any way that Utah even considers that this series, uh, not not with the way that Finney Smith has developed. So it's going to be Maxi. It's going to be Josh Green. Um, it, it's going to be these shooters that you dare to make shots that you actually dare. And I think Maxi, hopefully with the with the time off, hopefully for his sake, um, he's more of the player that we're used to him being. But. I, I really struggle with the idea that he's going to go six of 12. I really struggle with the idea. He's going to take 12 threes. That's even as he's been a 40% shooter, a 41% shooter last season from three, he's never been someone to take that many, that high of a volume of threes. And if he isn't, then why wouldn't Utah just continue playing him like that? Right. Tony, well, here's the thing with Maxi Kleber. Um, you know, there are 45% three-point shooters in this league. Let, let's take Dorian Finney-Smith, for example, right? Like, Dorian Finney-Smith, before this year or last year, before he developed, right, how much gravity did he have? So he could hit five threes in a game, but people were still going to give him their shots because he didn't have gravity. Now, as Tim correctly said, like, there's no way you're leaving Dorian Finney-Smith open in the corners because right now you know that that's going to be money. So that's gravity. So if you look at Max Kleber, you know, he could shoot 20%, but if I'm Quinn Snyder, I'm not leaving him open. I'm not giving him their shots. So that it, – it, it doesn't – the shooting percentage doesn't matter as much as the gravity matters, and and, and Max Kleber has gravity, um, which – helps the offense like it opens up the offense because you know where Maxi Kleber is on the floor especially when he's above the brakes you know that he's a willing shooter especially above the brakes and you know that if you know his shot is feeling good he he can win a game for you with his ability to shoot the ball so it's not so much oh well you know what Maxi Kleber shooting you know 30 percent or 35 percent or 25 percent or whatever it's Oh my God, I'm not leaving Max Cleaver open, um, you know, for an extended period for extended possessions. So no matter what, if Maxi Cleaver is on the floor, it's going to help your possessions. It's going to help your driving lanes. Like it doesn't matter what Bojan Bogdanovic is shooting for the Jazz. His man's not helping off of him, and that's why when Bojan is out for the Jazz, Utah's offense, you know, as a whole, it doesn't work because the spacing isn't there. So when Maxi Kleber is on the floor, you know, Dallas's spacing is there. And that's the important part, more important than whatever his shooting percentage is. Dave, Dave you watch a decent amount of Mavericks since you come on our, you come on my pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many threes do you think Maxi took in a game, the, the most number this season? Did he get up to six? He took uh, nine. Okay, nine. All right. He took, he maxed out six of nine against Chicago. How many threes do you think he took in? games 42 to 81 the second half of the season. it was not the max many. his confidence has been way down what four he maxed out at seven a couple times okay. and in the final 30 games he never went above let's see i'm i'm scrolling and i'm scrolling and i'm scrolling and i don't see any games with even 60 next to them uh um, it's a little pj so tucker yeah. yeah hesitant shooter now and that is that's an issue but he has to shoot to stay on the court. 
right? Like if, right. I mean, if he's not going to take the shots, he can't play. What if he's not canning the shots? Like it is just getting the attempts up enough where let's say he gets up nine shots. I mean, he's going to maybe play 22 to 24 minutes. Uh, they like to split a lot of those minutes. Let's say he gets up nine shots because they're open. If he only hits two of those, is that enough, right? Like where, where you feel like, okay, he contributed because he took the nine. I, I think it depends if he's as dynamic defensively as we know he can be. And subsequently the Mavericks are really frustrating the jazz out of their preferred looks by extension of Maxi's time on the court. I, I think that's what it's going to revolve around the, you know, does that, does that track with you? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Tony, Tony, I want to swing it over to you and Donovan Mitchell. Um, number one, how worried should the jazz be about his performance as of late? And in particular, the way that it seems as if his ankle tends to degrade a little bit as the game goes on, you know, his fourth quarters have not been amazing down the stretch. And I, I have to look at the ankle injury as at least part of that. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know, I, I think that Donovan as a whole has been good this year. Mm-hmm. I think he's yeah, had, absolutely. You know, I think, you know, that he's had a really good year. And, mm-hmm. and you know, that's kind of a tough comment to say because he's had a really bad year in terms of closing games. And that's where, like, if you're Donovan Mitchell right now, you're – uh, top 15, top 20 guy, you've got to close games for your team. And and that's the, the single biggest thing that he's going to need to, to, to do in the in these playoffs um, is, is is close games. And you know whether Luca is playing or not, like they these, you know, the Jazz are not blowing the Mavericks out for seven games. You know, the Mavericks are not blowing the Jazz out for seven games. So these this series is going to come down to to closing minutes in a lot of I mean, Dallas games. was missing half their team in the Christmas Day game, and it yeah. certainly wasn't a blowout then. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it, it's 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 going to come down. You know, most of the series is going to come down to to who closes the last five minutes better. And Donovan's going to have to make shots. He's going to have to make plays for for himself. He's going to have to make plays for others. The plays that he has to make that he that he makes for himself. He's going to have to make those shots at a high level. And that just hasn't been there for Donovan this year. So if you're a Jazz fan, it's fair to, to worry about that aspect because I don't have any, I don't have any, um, you know, reservations about what Donovan's going to do in the first three quarters. You know, he might average 30 points a game in this series through three quarters. But the problem is he might average one point a game in this series in the fourth quarters. 
Um, you know, so Tony, so do you challenge? Yep, go ahead. Do you do you have any? Do you think Dallas was doing anything that bothered him because he wasn't good against Dallas in really any of the matchups? Was it was it Dallas specific? Was it just randomness? Four games isn't a lot, you know. Maybe those are just four of his his worst games and. I, at least for my eye test, I didn't see anything specifically Dallas was doing that that would make him less comfortable. I, I know in one of those games, um, oh, the, 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 the specific thing is they put DFS on. <laughs> yeah. So that that's the specific thing, and you know the from 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 all the way from Donovan's rookie year, you know the the book on him is you got to put length on him, right? So Portland, you know. In in years one and years two, they used to put more Harkless and Alpha Rucamino on them. Um, you know, when when they got to the Clippers, you know, it was Paul George. Um, la- last week against uh, Phoenix, it was Mikel Bridges. And you know, Donovan, to his credit, you know, he's really good at hunting switches and figuring out where the matchups are. But at the same time, I mean, when you have Dorian Finney-Smith on you uh, for, you know, four games, I mean, that, that's tough. You know, when you play in New Orleans and you have Herb Jones on you, that, that's difficult. So the six, And I think, seven, that's why, I think that's why Dallas is going to try to avoid, you know, again, they will go small if they need to, and they may have to yeah. early on because they don't have Luka. But I think they'd rather play blitzing uh, pick-and-roll coverages specifically so that Donovan can't go hunt switches. They want to keep their best defenders on Donovan, and they want Donovan to make those passes to an open Rudy Gobert, and they want to stay home on the shooters. They want to play big men. I am pretty sure that they're going to try everything they can to keep Dwight and Maxi and a little bit of Bertans as their main three. They may even put Bertans in with Maxi or Dwight, because I think that's that's their preference of how to address Utah. The the, the issue in, in the question, the huge question, and it's been a question to my understanding for months now in, in Utah, is can Donovan and can Conley make the passes to go bare that would break that blitzing pick-and-roll offense? And it does seem like, you know, the passes Donovan wants to make when he gets double-teamed out of pick-and-roll are not the passes to go bare in the middle of the court it's the it's the immediate outlet that kind of just resets the offense to to Conley, who's up near the half court line. Well, my my question for you is, who takes Luca's spot in the rotation? Now we know that Spencer Dinwiddie probably makes the start, but who takes the spot in the rotation in the second unit? So who takes Dinwiddie's spot in the second unit? I think Brunson and Dinwiddie play 41 minutes, 42 minutes. I think I think that Dallas doesn't have a lot of options. I do think that Frank Nilakina will get a chance. And Nilakina is not a playmaker. He's not a shot creator. In fact, you don't want him doing that. And if Utah can get him in situations where Frank Nilakina is the guy trying to make plays, that's a win for them. But what he is is a active, willing shooter. Not amazing, not a great shooter. He's shooting like 34% this year. But he will take threes. And he will take pull-ups and he will attack a closeout. Uh, and and it, it, honestly, it's probably better if he's pulling up rather than trying to finish at the rim. He's never been able to finish at the rim. And that hasn't that part of his game hasn't come around this season in Dallas either. But I, but I think Nilakina is the guy who gets a little bit of run. But if he's not effective in his first four or five minutes, um, you know, he, he he's the type of guy, like I think he gets four or five minutes in the first half of game one. And if he's not effective with them, 
it might be Dinwiddie and Brunson pretty much the rest of the way out. You might see those those wings stay on the floor. You'll see a little bit of Josh Green subbing in for them. You might see Bertans, like kind of the two big man lineups like I was describing with Maxi and Maxi and Bertans or Maxi and Powell. Uh, they, they might be forced into, you know, they prefer having two shot creators on the floor at all times when it's Lucas Spencer and, uh, and, and Jalen Brunson, but they may just be forced into maxing their minutes as much as they can and hoping to survive when it's just Brunson or just Dinwiddie, just for small stretches. What sort you know, of defense I, do you expect them to play on, on Donovan? I mean, you you think that they're going to just conventional pick and roll? Are they going to send two to the ball, try to get a ball out of his hands? I mean, yeah, I think it'll be. I think they'll blitz them, and I think they'll they'll you know they'll, they'll blitz, I think they'll mix in blitz, blitzing high, mm-hmm. and they'll mix in more of an ice sideline trap with with you know ice coverage. So, um, so Tony, to counter that, this has got to be a big Rudy Gobert series, right? Offensively. Well, it's got to be a big Rudy Gobert series, and it might be a big Boyan Bogdanovich series as well, because Boyan hasn't been um, available in the, in the last few match in, in the last few matchups, and if you commit Dorian Finney-Smith uh, to Donovan Mitchell. And let's say you commit, um, and you you commit Jalen Brunson to to uh, uh, to Mike Conley. That means you're committing Spencer Dinwiddie uh, to 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 Boyan Bogdanovich. And um, I'm not sure that Dinwiddie's big enough uh, for for Bogdanovich, especially in that mid post. And you know I can see the Jazz going to Bogdanovich a lot. Um, uh, in in terms of in terms of that, or you or actually, now that I think about it, you can actually commit uh, Reggie Bullock uh, to, to to Bogdanovich, and that's a, probably a much better matchup. Um, but you know, it you know, w- once Dallas goes small, um, you know, and they start switching everything, you know, the Jazz have to throw the ball to Rudy Gobert, and if they throw the ball to Rudy Gobert on possession number one, and he fumbles it out of bounds. You got to throw the ball to him in possession number two, in possession number three, and you got to keep throwing them, throwing the ball, throwing them the ball because he'll catch seven out of those ten passes. But if you stop throwing him the ball, if he fumbles one or two, then you're playing right into Dallas's hands, and you're not punishing him uh, for going small. And and that might be one of the reasons why, you know, like Tim said, you know, you want to try to keep a big on the floor because not only do you have to keep uh, go bare from from pinning you under the basket. You have to keep them away from the offensive glass as well. Uh, so so those are things um, that that I think that are that are keys for 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 the Jazz. And it's a weird know, version of the same combo we have we have about Maxi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, Tim, and, I, and I just think no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, keep going, Tony. You know, and I and I just think that that resilience offensively um, over seven games, if the Jazz show that kind of resilience offensively, then I think that, it, that you know, it'll it'll eventually, it'll be like Novocaine, right? It might not take, it might not take uh, effect right away, but eventually it'll start taking effect. <laughs> um, Tim, any chance that we could see Dallas go with Maxie and, Dwight Powell as like a okay, we have just got to throw our two biggest guys out there, non-Bobon biggest guys out there, 
I mean, you and I, we talked about this earlier this week on 77 minutes. I said game one maybe is a Boban game as just a here's a here's a wild card, but maybe it's a Maxi and Dwight game and, and you just it's two two bigs who are not as big as Rudy, but maybe they can stand on each other and wear a big trench coat. <laughs> uh, would you say Utah kind of plays like Miami? That's interesting. Because uh, a little bit. The last That's interesting, time, a little bit. The last time Maxi and Dwight uh, were used together effectively was against Miami. It was Dallas's last game before the or second to last game before the All Star break, and that pairing was fantastic. That was Maxi's best game of the season, best game in several seasons. He had he was monstrous defensively. He was incredible. He had like three or four blocks and three or four more just sensational uh, rim contests. He shot like three of eight from from three. Uh, had it had another couple layups. He he got you know things that just kind of came to him. Hit his free throws. I, I think it's possible. You know, obviously, what scares me with that in terms of trying to analyze what would happen is that that's one hesitant shooter and that's one non shooter. So you're dealing with full Rudy Gobert protecting the paint in that instance, but it, it's possibly a sacrifice that Dallas is willing to make where they're they're going to say we want to turn this into as defensive of a game of a series, you know, as long as Luca's out, we're going to turn this into as defensive of a slog as possible. And we're going to try to live and die offensively with mid range. And we think Spencer and we think Jalen Brunson can hit enough mid rangers and create enough looks for the players around them that we'll be able to survive that way in a 99 95 sort of win or 101 to uh, to 93 type of win. Uh, and, Tony, and that's what and that's what what the Jazz have to. This is what the Jazz have to to figure out. Like it's okay for the like the Jazz can survive Jalen Brunson going for 25 and Spencer Dinwiddie going for 20. What they can't survive is Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie combining for 45, for Reggie Bullock getting six threes, and Dorian Finney-Smith getting four threes, and Maxi Kleber and Davis Bertans hitting three threes apiece. You know, if, if the Jazz are going to play that, uh, if they're going to play the drop, then what they need to do is they, they have to make it a two-on-two game, and they have to stay home on the shooters. And and that's what they haven't. That's what they didn't do against Luca, um, especially in the last two games uh, of 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 the regular season series. You know, it was Luca dropping thirty, but Luca also, you know, dissecting Utah's defense uh, via the pass, and you know, Dallas making a bunch of threes. They gotta stay at home on the three point shooters on the day up, and they have to be able to trust. Um, that, you know, Dallas can't win a game uh, making 50 mid-range jumpers. That, that's If I'm Utah, that's exactly what I do. It, like, exactly what you described. Stay home on shooters and trust that Rudy, trust that, trust that Brunson and Dinwiddie are not good enough as shot creators. They're good. They're going to score some points. But they're not good enough right. that they can consistently beat Rudy as a, as a dropping basically guards two players at once sort of defender and that whichever guard, you know, Conley and, and O'Neal can do enough 
on on those guys. They can they can do enough to really make life difficult and and just you know again you're going to give up some shots and Brunson and Dinwiddie in the scenario might score 25 apiece, but if you can get them taking 22 shots, 23 shots to get those 25 points and not concede open threes all around the court in while doing that. I think that's the best way to really frustrate Dallas and, and really bother them. Uh, before we wrap up, you guys got any final thoughts um, on the series? I actually think I wanted, I was going to have you guys make a prediction at least on game one, but it's a little unpredictable to me. I, I, it could go either way legitimately and for various reasons. So I, I don't want to put you guys in a position to try to make a prediction, but uh, get any closing thoughts here uh, as we wrap up. The more yeah, I think I, about I, this, I, the more I think about this, the more I think that Jason Kidd, if he if he can, he has the ability to outcoach Snyder. I, I think the world of Snyder, but I think Kidd has been sensational this season with a lot of what he's done. And I think that if we look back at a game one win, um, or, or even a couple wins in the first four games without Luca, we're going to look at these games and be like, yeah, Jason Kidd won the coaching battle. Wow. Tony. You know, I, I just think it's going to be a long series and, um, you know, with or without Luca, because, you know, I, I just, you know, honestly, I mean, you know, me and Tim shameless plug, but me and Tim wrote, uh, uh, a preview conversation you know, Dallas has been one of the best teams in the league in the second half of the year. I mean, since January and, you know, what they do in terms of their ability to, to adjust and be versatile and make opponents um, and, and make opponents uh, uncomfortable on both ends of the floor. You know, honestly, they can replicate, they can still replicate a lot of that stuff without Luca. Now there's the shot making um, the the ability to bail out possessions, um, the passing, you know, the, the passing is a big thing, uh, and the defensive rebounding. They they're not going to be able to replicate that, um, but you know, you know, Jalen Brunson, people don't realize how good he is off the dribble because because he plays with Luca. People don't realize how good Spencer Dinwiddie is off the dribble. You know, those two guys can, like like Tim said, they can score 25 each uh, through the bulk of this series. So, you know, I, I just really think that this is going to be, uh, you know, whether Luca plays or not, I, I, I think this is going to be a difficult series for the Jazz, and I think that it's going to be a, um, uh, a really close series regardless. Uh, yeah, well, I look forward to reading uh, both of your guys' coverage of the series, seeing the different angles, and, of course, doing the podcast with you guys uh, throughout the playoffs. For Tony Jones and for Tim Cato, I'm Dave DeFore. This has been Game Notes on the Athletic Podcast Network. Enjoy the playoffs. Finally here.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.